morning. Many centuries ago, there was a woman by the name of Kisa Gotami who lived in a little Nepalese village close to where the Buddha lived and taught. Life was harsh in those times. Kisa had just one child, a son whom she loved dearly. Unfortunately, her son suffered a long illness. Eventually, the day came that Kisa dreaded the most. Her only child, her beloved son, died. Unable to cope with the grief and unwilling to accept the reality, she carried her son's body from neighbor to neighbor, begging anyone to give them medicine to bring her son back to life. Eventually, she was told to go to the Buddha and ask for help, so she did. She pleaded with the Buddha to bring her son back to life. He told her he would help her create a medicine, and he instructed Kisa to go back into the village, knock on each villager's door, and ask for a mustard seed from each of the families who had never been touched by death. Relieved and hopeful, she did as the Buddha instructed. All of the villagers were willing to give her mustard seeds, but one by one told her they could not because they had, in fact, been touched by death. After an entire day of asking each family, she had no seeds. Slowly, she began to realize the universality of death, and her aware this awareness of her, of her grief began to lessen. She gently buried her son in the forest, and returned to the Buddha, confessing she had not been given one grain of mustard. The Buddha took her hands in his and lovingly asked if she had received her medicine. Kisa gently nodded and replied, Yes, and it's working already. My heart is healing as it is now tied with everyone's healing heart. This little story illustrates a very human experience. When we're going through a very difficult time, it's often tempting to think we're the only ones experiencing it. You know, somehow we're the unlucky one. Or you know, sometimes we feel like the, the universe is against us and only us. Or maybe we feel like we did something wrong and we're the only one who have, has ever made that mistake. You know, so we either, we either isolate, close ourselves off, pretend we're okay, or we throw a giant pity party and invite all of our friends and share it all over Facebook. Look what so-and-so did to me. Look how unfair it all is. You know people like that. <laughs> our heart's healing is just a shift in perception away. What is that shift in perception? It's to realize that everyone, at some point in their life, has experienced some pain or loss or rejection or illness. Right? We're not in this by ourselves. And it's likely that out of the seven plus billion people on the planet, someone has experienced exactly what you're going through and has overcome. 
has healed. So our hearts heal when we realize we are all basically the same. We're all in this together. We're all connected. You know, as I talked about last week, we're all in process of awakening. You know, we're all on this journey of wholeness. We say that every morning, every Sunday morning. We're all on a journey of wholeness, and we can all help each other. We're all in this together. We're all connected. Now, sometimes the reverse of this happens, where we, where we believe that we are somehow immune to the world's troubles. Like, oh, that oppression is happening in that country over there. Doesn't affect me. That collapse of democracy is happening in Venezuela. I don't have to be worried about that. Well, if the last couple of years has proven anything, <laughs> it is that our democracy is a fragile thing. Right? It could conceivably collapse. And it's up to every one of us, every one of us, to keep it alive. So this Tuesday is what? Yeah, Super Tuesday, Election Day here in North Carolina. How many people have actually already voted? Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> Most of you, yeah. And if you haven't yet, yeah, give yourselves a hand. <laughs> and if you haven't yet, you know where your polling place is, you know the issues and, you know, the candidates. And if you're questioning, there are a few people here you can talk to who will guide you in the right direction. <laughs> right? But see, what's happening now, I think, makes us more aware of the pain of others who are actually experiencing, you know, being in a country where there's a dictatorship or, uh, or there's oppression or there's, you know, violence. It, it makes us, I think, a little more able to have compassion for them. So another example is the coronavirus, that omnipresent word. <laughs> Didn't you dismiss it at first? You know, when you thought, oh, what's just happening in a little village in China somewhere? I mean, it's not going to affect me. Boy, didn't that change overnight. It's now worldwide. And I think that it's the proximity that wakes us up to the pain that others are experiencing. When you feel that it could be possible, it could happen to you, you are suddenly aware of others' pain, of another's pain. You suddenly like, can feel compassion for that. So uh, just last week, my husband and I um, bought round-trip tickets uh, for our summer vacation to Europe. We haven't been to Europe since uh, before our kids were born, before our kids were even conceived. They were conceived shortly after that. <laughs> we had a wonderful time, and we wanted to go back ever since, right? <laughs> So now's the year. Oh, and okay, we're landing in Milan. Uh, our fir first four days are in the region where there are 200 plus cases of coronavirus, and entire towns are 
closed. So I'm doing my best to release the fear and the images of getting off the plane and being immediately taken to a hospital, sequestered for 14 days or whatever, or worse. Now, of course, we are betting on the fact that by mid-June, this will all be cleared up. It will all pass through, right? But again, that proximity has awakened in me the compassion for people, the thousands and thousands of people who are experiencing this now and are getting sick. Now, fortunately, most do recover fully. Majority. There are some deaths, too, but the majority recover. But you know what the most contagious virus that's going around right now? Fear. 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 You got it. <laughs> Fear. Fear is highly contagious. Highly contagious virus, and it is spreading everywhere. So it is time to turn off the 24-hour news channels, I think, you know, and inoculate ourselves with some deep peace and some deep prayer work, some deep sending love out to the world and to ourselves. It's a really good time. That's the vaccination. That's the inoculation. Connecting with that peace. Yeah. So, now, we don't need to wait for something bad to happen to us or even entertain the possibility in our consciousness to have compassion for others. No, we can open our hearts now and realize how connected we all are. You can do that now. And I think it might be good here to kind of define the difference between empathy and compassion. Something, you know, we use those terms interchangeably. I use the terms interchangeably. But some people feel there's a real difference. Uh, that empathy is the ability to put oneself in another's shoes, right, to feel their situation. And compassion also includes empathy, but it has another dimension. And that is wanting to take action to bring about a positive change. Wanting to take action to bring about positive change. That feels right to me. Does it feel right to you? Yeah, I mean, if I'm really feeling uh, compassion for others, I, I, I want to relieve their suffering. I want to do something. Now, honestly, most of the time, I feel a little helpless, I have to say, doing anything to make a positive difference for the lives of people who live on the opposite side of the planet. But there's always something we can do. There's always something we can do. We can certainly pray, number one. We can pray. We can do the kind of love, love, loving kindness, affirmative prayer that we did together last week. Remember, we did this deep affirmative prayer where we allow that love within us to expand and move out from our heart in an arc to touch the person that we're praying for. That's a very real thing. Okay, this is not just pretty words. This is not just 
a feel-good thing. This is a real thing. We are all energy, right? We live in an energetic universe. We're all like little whirlpools in this giant uh, ocean of energy. So we're all in this. It's all energy. And when we generate love, that's an energy. When we generate that and send it out, others can and do feel it. They feel touched by this love. And that love grows in them. And then what else grows in them is hope. And out of that, possibility. And when you're, when you're suddenly open to possibilities, you're seeing solutions that you've never seen before. You're seeing a way to change your, your situation. So this is very real. This whole prayer thing, you know, people, some people talk about, oh, well, the last result, we'll pray. <laughs> no, <laughs> let's, start, let's start first. That's the energy we want to start with. Another thing we can do is donate to organizations that are on the ground, you know, already helping out. How many of you couldn't wait to click the Donate Now button when you saw all of those koalas that, in the, that were in the Australian fire? And they were just, oh my God, these sweet little koalas. It's like, I couldn't click that Donate Now button fast enough. How much do you want? I mean, it's just so, ah, oh, it's human nature to want to help some, something that is helpless. It's human nature. And so we do. And that's what connects us. That's what connects us from heart to heart. It opens our heart. And we do. We, we're here to take care of each other. You know, that's absolutely this compassionate heart, this this awareness that we are all connected is the place from which a Unity Center of Peace outreach team was born. The outreach team has done amazing things to bring about positive change for so many. It's some examples. Our neighbors up here in this neighborhood ensuring that their children have the supplies they need for school. Families who have trouble buying diapers. Do you know how many families there are who are having trouble? They have to actually make a decision between putting food on their table and changing their child's diaper. I mean, no parent should have to make that decision. The outreach team helps in that. Helping uh, women in third world countries start their own business to support their families and empower themselves with uh, a microloan. Saving lives by donating blood. Saving the lives of animals, abandoned animals, making their lives better. Clearing the trash from the roadside that threatens the wildlife. And so much more. Our earth care team was born from this place of love and compassion. That, so we're doing everything we can do to lessen the carbon footprint of this community to help preserve the planet for generations to come. Our prayer team 
comes from a place of love and compassion as we are actively praying for others for, you know, a realization, an experience of greater good. And you could say that anything that helps this spiritual community function well and grow is an act of compassion. Because you think about what we do here. We help individuals connect with their highest self. <clears throat> we help them realize their true nature. Realize how powerful they are. And that, that inner divinity. We help them connect with that highest self, their highest vision, and live that vision. I mean, what a gift that is. What service that is. Think about when you first made that discovery. Right? It was, it could transform your life. So, either way, right, it's all about love. It all comes from a place of love. It all comes from an acknowledgement that we're all one. We're all connected. And when one person is hurting, we all hurt. And those of us who are maybe further along, it's about just reaching down and giving a hand. And what benefits us, we want to share with others. What benefits us, <clears throat> we, want, we want everybody to experience. If anybody could experience more peace, more joy, more love, more well-being, more abundance, more spiritual awareness, we want others to have that too because we're all in this together. We're all in this together. So I'd like to close with a beautiful passage, words of wisdom from Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., the call of a worldwide fellowship that lifts neighborly concerns beyond one's tribe, race, class, and nation is in reality a call for an all-embracing, unconditional love for all men. And I have a feeling if he was speaking today, he would say, and women. <laughs> this often misunderstood and misrepresented concept has now become an absolute necessity for the survival of mankind. When I speak of love, I'm speaking of that force which all the great religions have seen as the supreme unifying principle of life. Love is the key that unlocks the door which leads to ultimate reality. This Hindu, Muslim, Christian, Jewish, Buddhist belief about ultimate reality is beautifully summed up in the first epistle of St. John. Let us love one another, for love is God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. Anyone that loves not knows not God, for God is love. If we love one another, God dwells in us and love is perfected in us. And so it is. So it is. <laughs>